Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. So you had, oh, you have, is that a daily routine to yeah. cups of espresso? Do you do shots like a double shot or do you spread them out? I spread them out. Ah, look at you. Does it make <laughs> you jittery? Not really. Any more than that, it would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually pretty sensitive to uh, caffeine. So this mate, it's actually really highly caffeinated, but for some reason, because it's like tea, it doesn't affect me as much as coffee. If I have too much coffee or espresso, I'm just like bouncing off the walls. You know what I mean? I, I'm kind of a mutant in that I can drink an espresso and go, and sleep right afterwards just fine. Oh, nice. There you go. But you're I will have weird backwards. dreams. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have dreams where you're just murdering people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's funny. You know what? It's weird. I don't know if that's something to do with our uh, chemical makeup or something, but when I have coffee it does a similar thing to me. Like I can be bouncing off the walls, but it'll start to make me yawn. Like I just start yawning uncontrollably and I can fall asleep, but, but yeah, but my heart will be beating really quickly. So it's weird. Welcome back to coffee talk with uh, (laughs) Lennon (laughs) Prestia. I just decided we would just talk about caffeine for an hour. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do this for the first hour and then we'll launch into some art stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll just do like five minutes of art at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to talk to you, man. It's um, I have bumped into you a couple of times outside of BG gallery. And for those of you who don't know, that's a gallery at Bergamont station, Santa Monica. We've done a couple of shows together during the pandemic there. And um, also Shockbox. You yes, yeah, I've been showing there a lot lately. Yeah, I think you what you've been in the what the last at least two or three yeah, shows more than that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a I, nice gallery. I really like what Mike's doing there. Oh, Mike's doing a great job for sure. And it's, it's really kind of an, an area that seems like you know it could really be an up and coming scene. Oh, I I, mean, I couldn't agree kind more. Of, it's not like the pristine Manhattan Beach place. It's in Hermosa, so it's a little bit industrial where he is. Yeah, it's really close to the beach. It's a great location. It gives it that kind of underground feel while yeah. still being part of the beach community. Yeah, it has that edge to it without being like a, a storefront on Melrose or something. Melrose is a wrong example. And more like a storefront in like Santa Monica Promenade. Yes, exactly. Well, that's one of the things that I think Mike and I have talked about too, is having that little bit of like a punk aesthetic yeah, you know what i mean like right. an underground punk feel but it's it's cool doing these cafe shows during the pandemic we've gotten to you know reach across across the pond a couple of times we've had some international artists we've had some artists from across the country and it's kind of cool to see 
Shockbox thriving in this uh, in this time. Yeah, it's great. Well, I wanted to. Well, first of all, I wanted to get this out of the way. It's funny because we were talking about this. You and I actually live about a mile away from each other, right? <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> and we're zooming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we do now. Even coming out of the pandemic, we're like, "Do you want to yeah. go? Ahead? You want to get a coffee? No, nah, let's just zoom yeah. it." I don't. I don't know if I want to leave my property line today. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Screw property property line. I don't want to leave my room. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I'm spending way too much time sitting these days. It's not good. Oh my god, man! Tell me about it. I think that I might mean, I, be. I do paint on my feet, so I don't sit down when I'm doing that. At least, but still. Oh, I didn't know that you painted on your feet. Yes. Oh, interesting. On, on my feet, on my hands, the walls everywhere. You do handstands. Oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> now, do you like do an easel or do you hang the piece on the wall? Um, easel. Okay. Yeah, I used to do easel when I did uh, pop surrealism, and then I started to paint like on the on a table. I think that's part of the reason. We're talking about sitting that and leaning over, I think that's part of the reason why I screwed up my back recently. But um, yeah, it, keep standing up. That's a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're a mile apart and we're Zooming. We talked beautiful, about... Beautiful downtown Tarzana. Beautiful downtown Tarzana. How long have you lived in Tarzana? Uh, a little over 20 years. Oh, nice. Okay. You got yeah, me it's beat. a nice place. I mean, it's like the 101 is right there. So it's an easy shot to downtown. Beach is just over the hill. It's kind of an easy place to get to things from. It, it is. And it, it feels... Except, of course, for the traffic, but... Oh my God. Yeah. Talk to my wife about that. Do you wait? So you, but you, have you been working from home recently? No, I actually got laid off right when the pandemic started. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, I was working on the West side. I've been working on the West side for so long and it was just like, I mean, I've been doing that drive over the 405 for like 20 years and it's just two hours a day in your car. Oh my God. And it wasn't until I got laid off that I realized just how horrible things were. Right. Um, It was just, I mean, I remember you had mentioned this a number of times on your show about, you know, you had the job in the restaurant and you just have to sit down and, you know, just like chill out for a while. I mean, I, I had definitely reached that point. So you, even if this hadn't happened, you would have been potentially thinking about making the jump. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Well, that's a great place to start, man. I didn't know. I, I don't know how I didn't know that you, got laid off, but, um, it sounds like it could have been a little bit of a, a blessing in disguise. I think so. Okay, good. Well, you know, <laughs> even if it's not, let's frame it that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it is, it is what it is. You just got to deal with it. It is. So, well, this is good because, you know, this is called the living artist and not waiting till you're dead to make it happen. I, I've talked to people. I had a friend of mine I was talking to about this a while ago and I just said, you know, I would just love it if I could just stay home and make art all the time. And he said, oh, you know, I've done that. And after about three days, you'll kind of go bonkers. And it's <laughs> like, it's been 10 months. And I just, I dread that I would have to get another job. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, weird. I just, love, I just love that I have all this time to paint. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the only thing for me that gets monotonous is like the business side of it. But the painting side is no problem. I love it. Any day, all day, I could do it. It's funny that that person was kind of like projecting that upon you. I know. (laughs) You're going to hate it, man. Just stay in in the corporate world, bro. Yeah, you don't know me very well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
So have you been looking for other work or did you just decide, look, I'm going to jump into this? Um, I'm, I will have to start looking soon. I'm mm-hmm. trying not to, I'm trying to just take advantage of as much time as I can right now to, to make art. Yeah. Um, I've sold a few things here and there. Um, I've tried like art finder and singular art and I just, they just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the reason for that is I do a lot of work on lar- larger, like wooden panels that have like two inch, you know, they're like two inches deep and they've got intermediate supports on the back. So, you know, to ship those would just be a nightmare. Yeah. I ship some, some big wood pieces too. It's a pain, uh, especially with yeah. Artfinder because they don't help you with shipping. So it's yeah. all on you to figure that out. I would say, did you give it like, how much time did you give it? Were you going at it every day? Because it took me about a year and a half straight of like working my butt off on there to start getting sales. And then it was just like, you know, every day I was telling a friend of mine, like, it's like a war of attrition, you know, at some point you wear them down and you get in the algorithm and it starts working. Did you, did you go after it pretty hard or uh, for a while? I went went pretty hard for about six months. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty good. It might've worked out for me. I just, uh, it just got to be kind of a pain. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of go back to just, you know, I want the gallery scene back and mm-hmm. you know, my next step here is I want to convert my garage into like a uh, studio and I can have, you know, more formal studio visits there. Oh so yeah. That, help. that would be great. Yeah. Getting people, there's nothing like getting people actually in your studio. Yeah. Right. How are you set up with your studio over there? Right now I have a spare bedroom that I took over. Um, That's pretty much me too. When my my oldest daughter went to spend a year in China, um, while the car was on the way to LAX, I was already moving the easel into her bedroom. <laughs> You're like, all right, honey, love you. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. By the time my wife got home from taking her to the airport, it's like you couldn't recognize the room anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn didn't emerge from the room for five years. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, it, that's funny. A lot of people think that you need a conventional, like separate studio space, but I've, it was partially monetary for me, but I kind of grew up working from home. I mean, I couldn't afford a studio space. So I would just convert my space wherever I was living. If it was a studio, if it was a one bedroom, whatever, two bedroom, I just converted that into a studio and I've kind of upgraded over the years. I think it's whatever works, right? Yeah. Your studio. Like I've Um, got the tiny bedroom right now, but it's got this great big window. So the light's really good. Oh, nice. Um, It just, it works fine. You know, no, lighting is so important. It's like really huge. Like I know Mike does stuff that's just gigantic, you know, at Shockbox. Yes. Um, you know, for me, like three by four feet is probably the biggest I've ever worked on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a I, good size. I tend to like to do smaller pieces. Also, uh, smaller pieces are a little easier to sell, you know, yeah, because definitely. you have wall space for them. Yes, it, true. It's one of those things where I've tried to balance it out. Like I got stuff started with small pieces and then I tried to kind of transition to the big ones because if, if you're trying to make a living doing it, getting a big sale here and there really helps. Like there's this, there this girl who I was kind of chasing for a while and she just sells like these big six feet by, you know, four feet or eight feet by five feet pieces. 
and she sells like one of those a month and she's good. Wow. She's, she's making like four or five grand, you know, off those. Um, now not everybody can do that. Right. But, um, yeah, true. but yeah, but that's, that's a, that's something to shoot for at least. It's kind of something that I plan to do when I do my garage conversion deal, um, is mm-hmm. just like staple a huge piece of canvas on the wall and just work, work at something really huge. I would love to see your stuff really big. Cause it's funny when you look at your stuff online, it, it kind of is deceiving. It looks like you it would be large as it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, um, it would be cool to see one of your sparse, uh, you know, the horizon lines you have, like where you have like a lot of almost negative space and then you have a little building in there or a, or yeah. a small figure. It would be really interesting to see one of those, uh, on a large format. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So are you going to be converting, uh, the garage pretty soon? Not for a while. I'll, I'll have to get an actual job to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's always been my goal too. Right now I'm just using my garage for storage and, and for the cars, but there's like yeah, you, 400 oh, paintings. can't even walk in my garage right now. That's the other thing is we've got so much stuff to get rid of. Yeah. 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 I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> my wife's a little bit of a hoarder. She never listens to this anyway. So, um, <laughs> she's a little bit of a hoarder. So if I can convince her to throw away some junk, uh, maybe we'll be closer. Um, <clears throat> well, I wanted to ask you, hang on, hang on a second <coughs> before I'm dying. Give me one sec. I'm going to add to the noises. We're not a professional podcast here. No, we don't aim to be. Hey, wait, we don't aim to be this. <laughs> What, what's that? You're taping this? Yeah, are you actually recording this? No, no, this is for fun, man. People no. are going to hear this? <laughs> yeah. You're going along with that punk aesthetic, right? Let's just have <laughs> bring all the noises in. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your origin story. I know we've kind of talked about a couple little things here and there. Where you grew up, how you uh, transitioned into art, how you started to you know, find your love for art. Tell us as much as you want, as little as you want, and start as early as you want. Okay. Yeah. Basically I grew up mostly in Pacific Palisades, um, which was a lot different in the sixties and seventies than it is now. Now it's just like people spend more on their landscaping than most people's houses cost. Oh my God. And back then it was more of kind of a bedroom community. It was really a fun place to grow up in. So I grew up with, you know, skateboarding and surfing and all of that. Um, Started working in architecture. And then about 20 years ago. um, Wait, can I pause you? Did you do any surfing and skateboarding yourself? Oh, tons. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay, great. Every day. (laughs) There you go. So you and uh, Hermosa Beach and Mike have another, got something else to relate to. Yeah. Actually, we've talked about this at length too. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry, go ahead. There's, in fact, there's a hill in the Palisades called Temescal Canyon Road. Mm-hmm. It's like a mile long, and it goes basically from the Palisades, like Sunset Boulevard, and it kind of gently slopes down to PCH. And my dad used to work these weird hours as a press photographer. So he'd come home at like, you know, six in the morning sometimes. Wow. And he's driving home, and he gets gets home, and he's the next morning, I wake up, and he's like, saw the damnedest thing yesterday. He goes, kids are skateboarding down Temescal Canyon with surfboards. And it's like, what idiots? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what, what idiots, dad? So I called my friends like, hey, got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it. You know, we, I mean, we'd been walking down that hill for so long with, with our surfboards. We decided just, well, we'll just skateboard with it. 
And it actually was so great because the surfboard would kind of work as a wind sail. So you could sort of control your speed. Oh, interesting. By the time you got to the beach and paddled out, you were completely warmed up. Yes, exactly. it, It was great. And well, I got to ask the question, did you ever eat it going down that hill? Actually, no. Really? Enough. Wow. Even with like a cheap pair of sandals, (laughs) just to make it even dumber. (laughs) Right, right. Nowadays, we would just eat it right away. Yeah. 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 And and the funny thing too is that hill, it's like where it it hits PCH is where it starts to get a little steep. So Mm -hmm. that, that part, you had to really kind of watch it. Yeah. That's cool though. I always, I grew up in Wyoming and I wanted to be the surf kid. I was like the kid in Wyoming in the snow wearing the town and country surf shirts. You know, do you remember those at all? Oh yeah. The bright color with like the, the ape on them. I would have killed to be a surfer. And then I moved to California and I never surfed. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, not too late. It's never too late, man. That's right. It's probably uh, a good pandemic activity too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I guess that, I guess that would be a great pandemic activity. I'm sure the surfers have not paused at all. No, they haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, some things are pandemic proof. So sorry, you, then you got into architecture. So I got into architecture and I've always been like sketching cartoons and stuff like that and just drawing. And one day I decided, well, I'll take a painting class. And this was about the year 2000 or so. Okay. And I took a class and as, as soon as I started in with oils, I was just hooked. It's like, this is so great. You know, the, yeah. these colors are like so vivid and I really loved it. And the thing that was kind of funny, and I mentioned architecture, is that I did a lot of like these twisting buildings at first, and they were really brightly colored. Mm-hmm. And all the lines were like super precise. And it it really bothered me. And I've spent years just kind of trying to loosen things up. Like the things I make now all have very soft edges to them. Yeah. That, that took a lot of... Um, a lot of, I had to kind of like police that out of the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you're used to doing that by trade, that's, it's like training yourself to work a completely different way. Exactly. Yeah. I love, I love it. I mean, I like the hard edge, but I, I love your, your soft edge ones too. Now, were you doing these colorful buildings? Like the one that actually just got in Shockbox, I think it was the minimalism show was that, that was a newer piece, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause I love these ones that you have where you have like some muted colors in there, almost like a neutral palette. And then you've got this really bright splash of color in one building. That's really, those are really powerful. Yeah. It, it kind of like drags you in. It does. And hopefully there's enough going on in the kind of grayed out areas that it's, you know, interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. Well, I, I look at your stuff and when I was looking at it on the website the other day, I was kind of going through your body of work and immediately, like, I know you do cartoons and I know you almost like comic strip style, but, but cartoons. And I was like, this is like Edward Hopper meets Gary Larson, kind of, <laughs> you know, and with, but with a little, every once in a while, with like a little bit of a dark existential edge to it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's actually a pretty good way to sum it up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> Feel free to use that. <laughs> put on my business card <laughs> exactly just say just just give me a, a little credit like very small print yeah <laughs> so sorry yeah so you so you worked on getting the edges softened uh yes keep going um what else well actually let me ask you a question so how did um 
your architecture job inform your art or was it like you're saying more of a thing that you had to fight against I sort of had to fight against it it didn't I I it was sort of like a church and state thing I kept the two very very separate mm-hmm. I you know the only thing I think the architecture helps me with in in making my buildings and stuff and paintings is that you know the perspective is just comes so naturally now Yes. That's one thing I would say. I mean, you could almost, if you hadn't told me that you had worked in architecture, I would have been like, this guy has definitely has some training and perspective. So that comes across, but, but everything else you're saying almost is a departure from that. Yeah. 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 Some humorous stuff too. I do these kind of paintings with rabbits. Yep. That was one of my questions. Yep. Yeah. They're not like, um, you know, cuddly rabbits they're a little bit edgy there's they're kind of like uh you know the david lynch rabbits things yes oh my god i don't know if you know but i I love david lynch yeah me too yeah has a it almost has a little bit of a donnie darko feel as well yeah yeah Yeah. so what what, sorry go ahead frank (laughs) yeah exactly so what was the impetus for these rabbits like where did those come from I don't know. I think I was doing a cartoon one time and then I, oh no, I do know. I was painting something and I was trying so hard to get this, to do like a human figure and I just couldn't get the thing right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, why don't I just put bunny ears on it? <laughs> I did that. And it's like, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll do more of these. <laughs> they're, they're awesome. They're very moody. Some of them are funny. Some of them are a little creepy. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, they, have, they have a little bit of an edge to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when you said, I hadn't thought of David Lynch, but the moment you said that, I was like, yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, that was one of my questions coming up later. But um, I wanted to say your work also, like I was saying a bit earlier, has a very interesting horizon line, almost in every piece, it seems like. There's something about the horizon line that always draws me in. They almost always have that. I love that about your work and and if you almost took the figure or the building or whatever you have in there out of it the subject matter out it would almost exist as an abstract piece huh that'd be kind of interesting to do yeah um i also saw one of yours that was like a bunch of very small like a crowd a small like silhouetted crowd on the horizon line um i'm not sure if you remember the piece that i'm talking about but it, they were so tiny and then there was a line going through, I don't know if it was exactly in the center or off center. And then most of it was just kind of muted color, negative space. And um, it almost just looked like you, you couldn't tell if you squinted your eyes, that they were figures. And I was like, oh, this is actually a really cool abstract piece. Yeah. And that, the thing that's, that, that's also fun about doing those really tiny, tiny buildings along the horizon line is, you know, I, I wear reading glasses now. I, I never paint with my glasses on. And so I go at it with kind of a larger brush and just go into it as detailed as possible. And then I put my glasses on and it's like, whoa, that's really cool. There's like some little thing in there that's just working. You know, it looks like a window and it looks like this. And oh, it's that's almost cool. like a, you know, a, a controlled happy accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's almost like what the impressionists are doing. They're letting the medium itself kind of speak. You know, exactly. uh, the texture itself, things come out of that. I love that. It's also kind of reminds me of, and we can talk about this a bit too, 
plain air painting, you know, the lighting and the atmosphere is always changing when you're doing painting outside. That's kind of almost what you're mirroring in the studio with your glasses, no glasses thing. It gives you a different perspective on the same piece. It's like focus blurry, focus blurry. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is that something that you try to go back in once you have the glasses and change? Or are you pretty much like, oh, this is, this is exactly how it should be. The funny thing is that usually when I when I paint it, I think, oh, well, let's see what this really looks like. And I put on the glasses and it, it usually looks better, <laughs> which is, which is kind of nice because I, when I look at it, I think, oh, it's just it's going to be just a jumbled mess of stuff. Right, right. I put on the glasses and it's like, oh, like I couldn't have done that if I tried. Oh, that's awesome, man. You're going to have a bunch of artists now going like, I'm not going to fix my eyes. I'm just, God. we're going yeah. to call it blurry, blurred painting yeah. or blurry I'm painting. Ophthalmologist calling me up and saying, what are you telling people? <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you tried the Wagner method? It's real. Oh my God. It changed my it life. It even better for driving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I, I have, uh, I was cross-eyed when I was a kid. I had alternate day strabismus. So my, I technically have no death perception. So I'm very interested in how the eyes affect your work, like how other people perceive what you're painting. Cause um, I mean, I'm obviously matching something that I see in my brain or I, or if I'm doing a representation of a, a person, a portrait or something, I'm obviously painting it the way I see it. But I always wonder if people are perceiving the flat version on the painting on the, sorry, on the, on the surface as the same way that I do with my no depth perception. It's just very interesting, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So maybe there's a similar thing uh, going on there with, with your Wagner method. It could be. <laughs> I'm going to trademark it. that too, the Wagner yeah. method. Yeah, but you got to give it a little bit of an accent to the Wagner method. <laughs> It'll just give it a little bit more mystique, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're like, he's actually from Southern California. So we've crossed paths also at La Luz. De Jesus, which is, um, for me, was one of those galleries that I really tried to get in for a long time. It's, you know, it's obviously like an infamous gallery. They turn away thousands and thousands of artists every year. And um, I think we did a coaster show or two together there, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's was a that great gallery. Great gallery. Um, I was very sad to see Matt Kennedy go. Um, but he's got, have you been to his place in Pasadena? I have. I was going to ask you about that. It's um, I was yeah, Gallery Thirty South. Gallery Thirty South. I would say East. Yeah. No, and he still does the coaster show. Right. So he's carried that on. Um, yeah. So they don't do that at La Luz anymore. No. No. That's crazy. You've done a show with him, haven't you? Yeah, I've done a couple of coaster shows there. Nice. How do you like uh, his space? It's really nice. It's a great space. It really is. I've been, uh, I saw Betsy Ensenberger show there and another show, but I, it's funny. Like as soon as, uh, Matt left, I almost stopped doing surrealist work. So I kind of stopped applying to the coaster shows, but I keep meaning to create some more pieces and try to get in one. But, um, I also want to have Matt on the podcast someday. So Matt, if you're listening, Glenn (laughs) and I are talking about you. Yeah, he definitely should. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, and has a lot of, a lot of experience in the art world. Yeah, a lot um, of great stories too. Oh my god, so many great stories. I don't know if the place is um is still killing it without Matt, but I'm sure they I'm sure they're still doing okay. Yeah, I haven't um, been there in a long time. I mean, of course, no one's been anywhere in a long time. 
That's true. How has that affected your art? I mean, I know you've been painting a lot more, obviously. So in in a in one way, it's affected in a positive light, right? But um, right. how has it affected your mindset? How what type of art you're creating? Um, you know, it's I, I hear this from a lot of people. Like they're so stressed, they can't make any art. And I get like that too. You know, it's just, you you don't know what's going to happen next. You know, what's the next job, all of that. Right. So I've started rather than going into the studio and think I've got to paint something, I've got to sell some stuff, you know, it's it just pull back. And I got a new sketchbook recently and I started going into the sketchbook with like charcoal crayons, colored pencil markers, um, cut oh, out nice. pieces of construction paper. Mm-hmm. And just make it really fun. And it just sort of, it takes your mind off all the stress. And then oh, that's great. you can make, I've had things that I've done in my sketchbook that just thought this would make a great painting. And then I turn it into an idea for a painting. That's what art's supposed to be, right? It's supposed exactly. to help you work through things that you're going through. So it's like you found a way to almost hack it. Well, not, I don't want to say hack it, but like, take your mind off of the bigger problems and just get back to the fun. And then the fun sparked, you know, the, the creative process. Yeah. Because if you're not having fun, you're not going to make anything good. I completely agree, man. That's a problem when people get too focused on sales. I think that's, um, that's one thing that I'm sure some people have accused me of that, which is absolutely not true. I will not paint anything unless I'm feeling it. I think I've just found ways to kind of, trigger my brain to get into that state where I'm exactly. uh, and that's what you're yeah. doing. That's what you're doing and right that, there. That's exactly, that's exactly it. It's just a way of triggering the mind to, to just focus on making art. Yeah. And, and block out all the, the world noise. Yeah, exactly. Towards the beginning of November, you know, my wife's still working, but she works from home mm-hmm. and she's kind of on zoom meetings all day long and yep. so we decided we just need to get out. And this was when the the um, the infection rate was really low. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a week in Palm Springs. Oh, nice. Which was just great. I mean, they closed off part of the main street. They had restaurants would take a lane of traffic so you could eat outdoors every night. We went to great restaurants. Oh, um, wow. I went up into Morongo Canyon with my friend um, Bill Brewer. And we went out like he he's a photographer and he goes out in the middle of the night to like places way out in like route 66 and everything. Oh, cool. So I took a day trip with him out to these places and it was just amazing. And I got all these pictures of these abandoned um, towns and gas stations and things in the, in the middle of nowhere. And it was really an influence on my art. And that's what I've been making lately. I probably, I can see that. Yeah. I made like 15 paintings of these things. I mean, my whole living room looks like, you know, a, a trip to the desert. <laughs> but I really love it. Playing this. No, I love it. And and you can see the moodiness uh, really shows through. In, yeah. In that. Like, is that the new one that you had on Instagram that I saw the other day, uh, Remote Living? Is that from there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. That is yeah. working All of these for are you. from there. Well, it's interesting because it's kind of what you're doing, like uh, not thematically, but it's kind of what you've been doing um, before stylistically, but the subject matter has just changed and almost, it feels a little more isolated. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, 
that's really powerful. Obviously, that speaks to uh, the moment right now, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that has something to do with why I'm so fascinated with these places. It's amazing. And it's cool you got a chance to have that experience where you were able to, it almost seems like you took a little vacation from the pandemic. Exactly. Did you guys Airbnb it or? No, we stayed at a hotel. Oh, okay. And they said November, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this was right before it started. Yeah, this was like, and it was the beginning of November. So it was, it was a few weeks before, you know, everybody got together for Thanksgiving and the rates went back up. Yep. Yep. Oh man. When will it ever end? I know. Now you keep hearing all this stuff about the new strains and how it's mutating really quickly. And, and uh, it's like, great. And then, you know, the, the efficacy of the, the vaccines they have right now maybe only will last a few months, you know? So if a new strain comes and you've got, like, say you've got 10% of the population vaccinated and then, you know, great. Uh, By the time you get the new ones, they're going to need to get vaccinated again. Yeah. That's really scary. It's really scary. It almost seems like it could just go on forever. I know. And it go on forever and just keep getting worse. Oh my God, man. I hope not. There's a cheery thought. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Welcome to existential crisis. With Glenn and Preston, <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have little sub podcasts from this one. So you're you've always been like a big supporter of the arts. Um, I don't know about always, but since I've known you, I see you at shows all the time. You've come to my shows in the past. Um, yeah, I go to museums all the time. Go to museums all the time. I've seen you at the LA Art Show. I've uh, you actually bought a piece, a small piece of mine one time. I did. I was very appreciative of. Yeah, um, I love that piece. Oh, thanks, man. But I think I wanted to hear you speak to that a little bit, like the importance of that, you know, being kind of engaged in the artistic community. You know, there's, I think when you're, when you're starting out and it's good to go to all the shows you can go to, you know, because you'll meet so many people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's great. After a while, you kind of tend to hone down, you know, I just want to go to these galleries or, Oh, I know this person's showing here. So I'll go to that show. Yes. I mean, it's good to keep branching out and going to new places, but, you know, over time, I kind of went to fewer shows than I had been going to. Mm-hmm. Just well, it's, well, it's more practical. Yeah. It just got to be kind of a pain. It's like, you know, you I spent all week in traffic and now I've got to go drive on a Saturday night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cause you know, just like getting down to, uh, I don't know, like I went to Shockbox a couple of times on a Saturday night and it took me an hour and a half to get there, like 7 p.m. Yeah. It's like, oh That's my God. That's an awful drive. It's an awful drive, yeah. Uh, but it's like that many places you go in LA. So that's you put true. in your time, you put in your time. I think that's really important what you're saying. It's like soak it up while you can and then find your little niche almost. I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Find your tribe, if you will. And yeah. you, know, you kind of know what group's going where and you kind of fit in with a certain group and you know it's, it's great. Exactly. And you're not going to figure that out without going yeah, to a bunch a of stuff. And error. I think people, that's what I've discovered a lot with artists in LA because LA is so spread out. Everybody kind of finds their little tribe or they find their little area. Like some people, oh, it's Silver Lake for me or, oh, it's downtown LA or, oh, it's, you that's know, true. Uh, Hermosa yeah. Beach or whatever. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there's like nothing in the Valley. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, it's you and I are in Tarzana, man. Let's start something. I know it's a cultural wasteland. <laughs> cultural wasteland. Well, we've got, you know, it's funny because 
you got the you got Ventura running right through Tarzana. You got the freeway running right through here. There's some really cool restaurants and bars and stuff. There are actually. Why can't we make a little artistic hub up here? I know. I've I've been asking that for years. Fuck it, man. Let's do it. You know, there's I don't know if you've ever been to this gallery, but it was the first place I showed out. It was called Orlando Gallery. And it sounds it, familiar. It, it was around for like 50 years. Um, oh, wow. It was over on Ventura, like just west of Reseda, just east of Reseda. Okay. Um, and it was just in a place that like. Wait, wait, that's like right where I am. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was a place where like any store or shop could really survive in, but mm-hmm. it was perfect for an art gallery and oh. it was just great. I mean, they had really great openings, great shows. He had everything hun salon style. So it was like floor to ceiling art everywhere. It was oh, wow. really fun. That's cool, man. I love that place. Well, they must have, you know, had some clientele if they survived for 50 years. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Here's your next job, Glenn. Gallery owner. Go go drive up Reseda, find an empty storefront. There's plenty of them and say, hey, can we have an art show here? Hell yeah. I've actually talked to people about doing this. Let's do it. We should. There's um there's a place I I I didn't even know. It's so weird. LA's like this and the valley's like this. My wife and I, I think this was right before the pandemic, we were kind of getting to know our neighborhood and we were walking around and we went up to um Oxnard Boulevard, uh just up here off of Reseda. There's like a kind of intersection right there that's a little ghetto in a in an otherwise you know very nice neighborhood yeah if you go just a little bit east of there there is a and i wish i could remember the name now it's like an art organization in this little building oh you know it okay um have you had any experience with them i did show there once i did Ah. a group show one time was it cool it was okay okay um it's more like they'll literally show any painting you show them oh i see it's kind of like that. So anybody can show nice, up and it's a nice space. It's gigantic. Yeah. And it had some cool, it, like you have that, if you go on, you know, behind the building, there seems to be a lot of parking. Um, yeah. So it yeah. has a lot of potential. It seems like. It, it's kind of a weird little place. It's one of those places you would drive by for years and years and not know what it is. That's exactly what happened to us. We'd been driving by it and it, it only took us to walk by. And I looked at the little flyer on the window and I was like, oh my God, this is like an arts organization. Yeah. And you go inside and the place is gigantic. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was locked up when we were there. So we didn't get a chance to go inside, but um, huh, interesting. I'm just trying to think like it would be, if you think about where is starved for art, um, the Valley, especially kind of in this area is starved for the visual arts a little bit. So you know, maybe it would be something that would be ripe for the taking. I don't know. Yeah. And also, I mean, I've been in my neighborhood for like 20 years and it's, you know, it's changed over time and you're kind mm-hmm. of getting more of a diverse population moving in, which is, which I like a lot. Yeah. Um. So, you know, maybe there, maybe we are kind of ripe for an art scene out here. Yeah, maybe so. Well, let's talk in the future a little bit about it. Maybe we could, yeah. maybe we could schedule think, a show and just see what you happens. Need to, you need know? to kind of take the Mike Collins approach to it, whereas you just yep. find a funky space and exactly just make it happen. Yeah, and have that kind of cool underground aesthetic. You know, I think yeah, that would be awesome. And there's tons of places like that here. I agree. I agree. I was surprised when we actually moved up here because I didn't know much about the valley before 
And I was always like a West side person. My wife and I were, we're like, Oh, we're never moving to the Valley, man. Yeah. And then we, and then we yeah, did. So you're going to the Valley. hope you had your shots. <laughs> exactly. But then we kind of started looking around up here and we decided that, you know what? The Valley is actually pretty cool. And it, it's, it's a little, a lot friendlier than the West side. Yeah. More space for like, parking. Like you hear, all you hear from people in Los Angeles is like, Oh, I've lived here for years. I don't know any of my neighbors. I mean, I know all of my neighbors. Yeah. There I, you I go. Down this down the block to return a toll to one of my neighbors. And it took me 45 minutes to get back because I kept running into people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah it, great. I grew up in a small town and it has a little bit of that. I noticed even when I take my car into the shop up here. I was just kind of used to being a number and then just being, all right, whatever, you know, we can't see you right now. And I came in and it was like, well, what can we do for you? And they would like get on a first name basis and they would, they would call me up and they would shuttle me back to my place. And I was like, Oh, this has like a cool community feel to it. Exactly. So I dig that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe that could spread over to some sort of art thing. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it, but let's shift gears a little bit. You are represented by Brittany Davis gallery, right? Right. Uh, and is it still in Ojai? No, she actually closed the Ojai location um, at the start of the pandemic. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was, that was a really nice gallery. That place was huge. Um, it was, it was just in a great location. Um, I'd go out there just to switch out paintings mm-hmm. and my wife would actually want to come along because we could go to like the pizza place a few doors up. That was really good. Hell Yeah. And and, and Ojai is beautiful too. Yeah, oh, it's a beautiful place. And it's just, it's very relaxing up there, which is nice. It is. And they have a good arts community too. Yeah. So Brittany has just, um, as of like two days ago, opened a new gallery in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. What area? She's on on Pico, like literally just south of LACMA. Just south. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm I'm actually going there tomorrow to drop some stuff off. Um, That's a yeah, great area. It looks like a really good location. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like right by LACMA. Exactly. Oh, man. I mean, there's another thing. It's like, you know, you can go drop off art and then go up to LACMA. Yes. You know, like while you're there. <laughs> I think that's something that about L.A. that's a little different because of you know, the nature of being so spread out. I think a lot of people miss out on a lot of cultural opportunities. True. I was happy when I moved down here because I came down here to act and paint. And so I started doing extra work right when I got into town like 20 years ago. So I would just drive all over the city early in the morning. And it really gave me my, I got my bearings from that. I got to see where little hot spots were, where the studios were, where museums were, galleries. And I just can't imagine if you if you come into town blind and you don't have any of that, like how would you figure it out? You know? Right. There are people that will come and visit and they have this agenda of like going to like, I'm going to go to these five places today. And it's like, (laughs) go to two of them because you're going (laughs) to spend so much time driving and parking. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're going to go to uh, Hollywood and Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're going to hit, we're going to hit the Getty and then we're going to go to Disneyland. And then we're going to go to the, what's a, oh, what's the place that's overlooking with the planetarium? Griffith Park. Griffith Park. And we're going to go to Griffith Park. It's like, no, you're maybe going to be able to do one of those today. Yeah, pick, pick one. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends up being like, oh, we'll do one and then we'll hit the beach. And then that's your whole stay. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, a, and, the, and if they do go to Hollywood, it's like the biggest disappointment ever. Right. They're like, Oh, this is kind of scary and, and a little dirty. Where, where are the actors in sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. I just thought we'd see them walking down the street. <laughs> now, if you want to get a good representation of that, just watch some, uh, a couple of David Lynch movies like uh, Mulholland drive or exactly. Uh, what was the one he did with, um, oh, I'm blanking on names right now, but uh, he did another one with one of my favorite actresses. Um, Oh my God. We're going to have to edit this part out because I, I just can't, I can't recall it. Uh, file not found. You know what? Fuck it. I'm leaving it in. We're not a professional podcast, but um, um, what's that? Now I'm blanking. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I might. Was it Lost She's, Highway? Yeah, uh, no, no. Lost Highway is great though. I love Lost yeah. Highway. Did I tell you I, I, I did a show with the David Lynch Foundation back in the day? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was. Um, I had a friend who was a musician, and they put together this concert at the Key Club, and the David Lynch Foundation was there. And I did like a live painting of David Lynch there, and it, and it got auctioned off on stage. And I was like, I was only on stage with David Lynch, a photographer, and myself. Oh, and it wow. was like, it was awesome. It was amazing. And I like auctioned really? the piece off, and then I was so green, I didn't do anything with it for like ten years. <laughs> so, but it was. I mean, what a what a great experience, you know. Yeah, I I read one of his books um, about him, and it was like as soon as I found out he was a painter, I instantly understood all of his movies. Exactly. Like I couldn't ex- completely ask me to explain his movies to you, but it's like I I kind of got where he was coming from. Like, oh, that seems the way it is because that's how you would see it. I I couldn't agree more. And it's almost the opposite. You could say, if you told somebody who loves David Lynch's films and say, oh, he's a painter, then you go, whatever you're picturing of his paintings is exactly right. That's right. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, man, he's so good. I never got into the new version of Twin Peaks. I got like two episodes in, but... um, I absolutely love that. I, yeah, it, it was, it was great. It was just really slow. And for some reason, I can't remember, we got busy and we didn't finish it, but there were some really cool elements of it, but it's, it's worth continuing. Oh yeah. Okay, great. To, to me, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen on TV. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I absolutely loved it. Oh, that's amazing. Well, the original Twin Peaks is great. Sorry. Another, another personal story. Uh, I came from Spokane. That's where I went to school, uh, to college. And a lot of Twin Peaks was like the characters were kind of based off of some of the people that he had experienced with uh, in Spokane. So (laughs) it's like weird David Lynch connection. Um, I love it. I'm going to give that a second watch then. That's great. So I'd actually like to watch it again. There you go. Twin Peaks watch party. (laughs) So Brittany's in a new spot. You're going to go check that out. Are you going to be doing another show once this finishes up at her gallery? I think so. I'm going to have to talk to her about it tomorrow and see, you know, what she's got planned, what, what, you know, what direction she wants to go in with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, tell her hi for me. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I was going to ask you about where you sell your work primarily, but I think we got into that a bit. So you tried some of the online art marketplaces and you, you do sell more through galleries, right? Yeah. And I've actually sold a few things through Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Instagram can be great. It can. And you've got, um, well, you know, while we're talking about Instagram, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. Um, it's Glenn Wagner art. 
And yeah, also like, my website is glennwagnerartist.com. Glennwagnerartist.com. And it's two N's, two G's for anybody yeah, who's just, looking it just up. Just to be difficult. <laughs> exactly. If you're looking for the Wagner method, um, <laughs> you got to look up with two G's. Uh, yeah, Glenn type, Wagner. Type it, in, type it in without your glasses too. <laughs> exactly. Once you put the glasses on, it'll all be there. Um, <laughs> it's Glenn Wagner, two N's, two G's, underscore art on Instagram. And he's got a couple of really cool new pieces. Uh, the piece we were just talking about, which is called remote living. And then you've got a couple of really cool comics. And I, I love what you do with your Instagram. You got the notor the, uh, the notary BIG, almost a notorious. Uh, <laughs> I love your humor. I love how you, you, you have a, a spectrum with your art between like humor, existential and like really standard uh, just kick-ass, like Hopper-esque paintings. I, I love and, it, man. And the thing that was kind of funny is I tried to separate all of these out for years and years. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of learning that like, why not Instagram doesn't just have to be the paintings. You exactly. Know, it, can be, it can be things out of the sketchbook. It can be cartoons. It can be other things. And I'm actually putting together a book right now of just cartoons and things from the sketchbook. Oh, nice. Something, something Brittany suggested that I do. That's a great idea, man. Are you going to really sell that fun. on your website? Yeah. And the, the thing that was funny was I started looking and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to draw a lot more stuff real quick to make this book come together. Let's see what I have here that I would like to include in it. You know, thinking like maybe 50 pages or something. Within yeah. like 10 minutes, I'd found like 40 images. <laughs> well like right I, off the bat so it's like okay that's not going to be a problem <laughs> i guarantee you you have enough already for a book yeah. and maybe you want to put a couple new pieces in whatever but i think you could just you know go over your body work and be like done that's the first volume done i can do volume yeah, two with some new literally. stuff yeah yeah i think that'd be great man i would uh i would love to check that out so anybody who's interested in that hopefully that'll be up on your website at some point soon yep uh, and yeah, then I'll post, I'll post all that. That's exciting. And I like the idea of not limiting yourself because I hear that all the time. That's one thing. One of the things I talk about in the podcast all the time is like, you, you don't have to a hundred percent stick to one subject matter or style. I, you know, I did this pop surrealism and abstract and I have little sub genres within there. And as long as you have kind of a voice that you've established with those, I, I say, do it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, whatever you're passionate about is what you should be creating. Don't you think? Exactly. And always keep pushing. Yes. You know, like right now I'm completely hooked of course on, on these desert scenes. Um, you know, I'll move on to something else. Yeah. And just see where that takes me. Yeah. If all your passion. Well, I wanted to ask you, what about your, uh, you know, this podcast a little bit. So I would ask people about their superpower. Uh, what's something that you do when you're not, I think we talked a little bit about this, almost like this hack, but um, when you're not feeling like creating, when you're, maybe you're down, depressed about the virus, which will not be named, what do you do to get yourself up and, and creating? Yeah, usually just open the sketchbook and just start making marks, not even having an idea in mind. Maybe just draw out like six little thumbnail squares and just start filling them up. And, you know, something usually comes out of it. And yes. in the worst case, nothing comes out of it. And you spend a half an hour not stressing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, well, and, and perfecting your craft in the, exactly. in the process. 
Yeah. And a lot of it, 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 you may think it's nothing, but you may look back at that in a month or so and say, oh, this is an idea for, for a new series of paintings or something. I completely agree. That's gold. It's like, sit down and just start working. Yeah. Something- and, don't, and don't make it a precious thing. Don't make it like, I've got to make this sketch, every drawing in the sketchbook beautiful. Right. I mean, worse, just get a cheap sketchbook with lots of pages. And if something is really, really bad, and this does happen where you mm-hmm. just, I can't stand this, just take a straight edge, rip out the page there. Yeah. No, or you could to know. <laughs> or, right. Or you can make volume three greatest misses. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Not everything is gold. I've seen some of Picasso's sketches and I'm like, eh, not yeah. all of them are, are, are gold. It's you, at some point it was the name that was selling, but like, obviously Picasso was exactly. Phenomenal. I think it was, it was Da Vinci when he was dying. Um, told all of his assistants like burn everything that's in progress <laughs> like, because he knew that they would come and just you know it's like finding a new Hendrix song there's probably yeah. a reason you haven't heard that Hendrix song <laughs> that is probably a reason and if you do hear it some of his family got their hands on it were like we're gonna remix this and put it out there exactly yeah the one thing I will push back on with that is uh Elliot Smith from a basement on the hill I don't know if you know that album but one of my favorite albums of all time, and he he hadn't finished it when he killed himself. Um, oh. And his, I guess his family, this is what I've heard. Some people are going to get hate mail, but I, some of his family came in and finished it uh, for him. And, and what a beautiful album. But for the most part, I completely agree. Burn it. Burn the yeah, works in progress. I mean, I mean, there's a difference between something the artist makes and doesn't want to get out there because they don't personally like it. And then, and then there's also stuff that just, well, he wasn't around to, to put it out there. Right. This is not for public consumption. Right. And maybe it was intended for public consumption, but not just yet. Right. Like it, maybe it was a preliminary sketch, you know? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I, I think that's right on men, but I love the idea of just sketching it out. There's, there's something about that that's meditative. It quiets your mind. And some of that turns into some great stuff. Like I did that with micro paintings. I would just start, you know, I felt freer with micro paintings. So I took a lot more risks because it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to ruin a three foot by four foot canvas. Right. So yeah, you do, yeah. So you do these little small ones on these tiny little pieces of glass and you're like, oh wow, this is actually pretty cool. And then I would get ideas for bigger pieces. It just reminded me of that with your sketches. Exactly. Um, you'll see something in it. There's like some composition or something that's working that you, you can see doing this three foot square. Right. And if everything is, as you say, too precious, you're not taking those risks sometimes. Yeah. And you're not going to do anything. Then it becomes, <laughs> it becomes a chore. It's like, I've got this blank page in my sketchbook. Oh, it's, this had better be good. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the worst. I know. I'm gonna... it's, nice to, it's also a nice way to ease into going from there to painting because you're kind of loosened up by then. You know, yeah, it's like stretching not... before a run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to take your thing out of context and just use that as the, uh, as the quote for this show. You're not going to do anything. Glenn Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never do that. Any daily routines that you'd like to talk about? Anything that... Um, it doesn't even have to be for art, anything that just helps you out, like helps you be a better human. 
as weird as the time has been lately, just being at home all the time, I've tried to do this where I'll write out a routine, like from eight to nine, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, you know, yeah. and then it becomes a chore. It's like, Oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. I've got to do this. And I just screw it. I just kind of let the day happen. You know, I get up, have my espresso, get on like social media for a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, put on the radio, whatever podcasts or, or music or something and then just kind of slowly work myself into like either the sketchbook or starting a new painting or whatever. It kind of is a routine, but I don't, I can't label it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's a freer version of a routine. I mean, I would say yeah. your routine for sure is definitely espresso. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that's go, that goes with the, with, uh, without saying, right. That one we can add to the list and it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to happen whether you write it down or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I like that. That's great. Yeah. Cause you know, everybody, something resonates differently with different people, you know, yeah, and there uh, are a lot of people that that really works for where they can just, you know, from nine to 11, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Or you know what? I need an hour in the morning. I think Drika was talking about this. I need an hour in the morning to just have some me time to clear yeah. my head or whatever. Like, I think that's important. You got to find out what works with you each individually. Like that's why I ask everybody because I'm not looking for the secret sauce that works for everybody, but like, maybe somebody's going to find something from you that they just go, you know what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's different for everybody. It know? is completely. The other uh, thing I started recently was um, like a journal. The fir- very first thing I do in the morning, of course, after the espresso um, is to just write something in the journal. And it's usually just like two or three sentences. Mm-hmm. It's like, just keep it really simple. Like, what am I thinking? How am I feeling? What, what kind of art do I want to make today? Oh, that's nice. You know, it's not like you're sitting there writing a whole two pages of just stuff, you know? <laughs> right, right. It's kind of like a meditation. You're you're getting almost at one with your own thoughts exactly. for the day. Yeah, that's great. What about any biggest failures or a failure you've had in life that has taught you something? Uh, is there anything you that comes to mind that you could share? Um, doesn't have to be art. It can be anything. I would say, well, recently it was just the kind of art finder and singular art stuff, um, you know, painting on large panels. Mm-hmm. Um, if I ever go back to that, it's going to be, you know, canvas or things that I can maybe roll up and ship easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really know what, if I've had any like real major kind of failures. I mean, that's something other than being depressed and neurotic. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call that a failure. I would call that either being human or uh, a work in progress. Yeah. I like work in progress. There you go. Yeah. That's something that you, you learn from. I wonder if just to follow up on the art finder and singular stuff. um, I know that can be frustrating for a lot of people. And I know I talk about uh, online stuff all the time on the show. Yeah. And you, Uh, you brought it down to a science. I, yeah, but it took, that's the thing that I wanted to emphasize. I, it took me some time. Like it took yeah. me a lot of time and you know what, maybe it's just not your thing. Like it's, it becomes like a job. So for me, it's one of those things where you're constantly flipping the switch from business half day to painting. And and sometimes I, you know, I, I work six, seven days a week. Um, I know for many years I did. 
And it's just like consistently putting work up. And I told myself, look, even if I'm not seeing any results, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm just going to keep doing it until I get results. And if you are committed to doing it, just keep doing it. And I, I guarantee you'll get results. It might not be like setting the world on fire results, but you'll yeah, get results. You know, it's the other thing too. It's like, for example, if you're in a gallery, you, you get a good gauge at how many people are looking at your stuff mm-hmm. and if, and the interest level or doing like, you know, the brewery art walk, you know, you get a lot of feedback instantly from that. For sure. The, on, the online stuff, you're in a vacuum. Yeah, you, you know, don't know. You, look, you can look at it and just say, God, I put stuff up every day for two months. Nothing is selling. But you don't know. There may be somebody out there that's like getting into your into your profile every single day. And they're like, oh, man, I really want this. And, you know, they're just waiting for the right thing to come along. Absolutely, man. I've You don't know how many times I've had somebody say, you know, I've been looking at your work for four years and this was the piece. Or... I wanted this piece for five years and I couldn't afford it at the time. And now I can, and I yeah, bought it. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So planting those seeds, like I guarantee even with you, I hope you're not taking your work down from there. Just, uh, you know, keep it up because you never know. It takes on a life of its own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something I may go back into. Yeah. I mean, obviously no pressure, like for you, it might be, more exciting to do the in-person. Like I love galleries too. I, I'm trying to do a combination of the two, but it might be your thing, like where you just don't like online and that's fine. There's no musts in the art world. This is true. Yeah. But I would love to see you get a couple sales from those places. Yeah. And what's funny too, the last, your last podcast with the, um, you were talking about. I can't even remember what my last episode was now. It was uh, the, the guy from New Jersey. Oh yeah. Oh, the last uh, interview. That's why yeah. I was. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Carrie Maurice came yeah, up. He was, he was really interesting. He was, wasn't he? Old school painter, like from back in that era. I used to, I love that eighties era from New York, yeah. New Jersey, but, um, but it was, it was interesting because I think he approached a lot of this from kind of the art scene perspective. And then it was like, okay, that was the catalyst for him to kind of get going with his art. Um, yeah, well, that's that's what I was gonna say. You guys were talking about um, like YouTube Shorts. Like I'd never even heard of that. Oh, yeah. oh no, this is um, YouTube. This is Alejandro. Yeah, I don't know about the Shorts. Yeah, and it's just like a whole new thing that you know never even occurred to me. <laughs> right, <laughs> me neither. It like, all, like it's like everybody else is on it. <laughs> well, it feels that way, right? I know, and that's but that's also exhausting because you're like do I really have to keep up on every single trend with yeah. every single fucking app? And, you know, I mean, and, and the I'm short going. answer is yes. If you want to be relevant on those, if you don't care about them, then don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't care about TikTok, for example. Exactly. Um, and I'm just not going to do it. YouTube. I've tried to have a presence on there. I know TikTok. The reason for shorts is because of TikTok, by the way. So mm. it, it's like YouTube's version of that format on TikTok. That's why those became popular. But I didn't know about it until Alejandro brought it up to me. Huh. Wow. So are yeah, you on YouTube? So much stuff out there. Sorry, good. There's just so much stuff out there. Too much. Uh you almost need a team working for you. Are you on YouTube? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do it for many years. And then I was like, you know, this it's is not just a one. bad idea. 
No, it's not. And, you know, and, and you can it, sort of do like a little, even if it's a three minute like studio visit kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a nice way to give, I mean, I would love to, I would love to see my artist friends do like a three minute studio video. Yeah. It's like, what are you working on? What's your setup like? It's, you know, the whole thing. It's kind of cool. Definitely. And I think there's a lot of artists who, well, first of all, there's a lot of artists who don't know how to get started with that. But there's also a lot of artists, I think, that are afraid to, and I was in this category for a long time of like giving up your secrets. You know what I mean? Like giving up the way you work, like somebody's going to steal it. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel more like, you know, we're a community and, you know, we all can help each other by sharing knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't think people should be stealing your style 100%. I, I definitely disagree with that. But if you can get a little tidbit from me here and there that helps you, great. Exactly. And it's interesting to hear how people work and what, what their, you know, what their approach is to the art. I can say skateboarding, you know, and if you ever watch the Z boys documentary, it's, you know, it's all about style back then. Yeah. Like everybody's got the same boards and wheels and everything else, but it's just, how do you, how do you do your thing on the skateboard? I love that. It's the same thing with painting and, and any kind of art. What a great analogy. I mean, we all have the same tools. I mean, right? you, know, you, you, can, you can do, you know, frontside aerial because you see Tony Alva do it. You're not going to do it as well as him. Or the same way. <laughs> or the same, the same way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. Well, and it's the same thing with um, I've had people who said, oh, I really like your style. And they're like, I tried it. It's a lot harder than I <laughs> it's gonna be because it's not just the same as like looking at something and then mimicking it it's like that's what makes us all individual and unique artists is it's filtered through something kind of intangible whether that's your experience or your muscle memory whatever it is um exactly it's coming out earlier it's just like the the kind of if you want to use the word magic about you know just doing something with a brush and having it having your yourself look at that and say well where'd that come from exactly I mean, it's fascinating. Do you, wait, sorry, were you finished with that? I, I have another question yeah. for you. If you want. Okay. Any advice to young Glenn, something in your years, all the wisdom you've accumulated, think of yourself at any age, something you could have learned looking back, what would you impart to yourself? One thing I would say is if, if you get into a gallery or any kind of art scene, just enjoy it. Like take the time to enjoy it because it, you know, you can't, you show up there and it's like, I've got to meet this person. I got to talk to this person. Hopefully something will sell. You get all these things going through your head. And it's just like, when I look back at the times at Orlando and it was, and and also at Brittany's gallery, it, it was just such a fun place to hang out. Yeah. And I met so many great people there. And it's like, there's kind of a sadness now because that doesn't exist anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll come back bigger and better than ever at some point. But it's, you know, I'm glad that I, when I was in those situations that, you know, I had fun. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's so easy to get caught up in the process and like what you should be doing and who you should be meeting and that kind of stuff that you pretty soon 10 years go by and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't enjoy anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and it's even, you know, when you're there, you know, take the time to like, I'm I'm sitting in this room with all these people and this art is really great. I really love looking at it, you know? Yeah. And, and also just the buzz of the room, people yeah. 
talking, you know, look at, take a moment to look around, just see everybody, you know, talking, enjoying themselves, smiling. It's just a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Um, my, my oldest daughter um, lived in New York for a few years and she said the art scene there was um, it was on Thursday evenings. It was two hours from like six to eight PM or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just very like uptight snooty people. She had people walk up to her and say, Oh, who are you? And she gives them their name and they they've never heard of her. So they just walk away. Oh my God. You know, Horrible. So I, said, so I said, are you serious? That's awful. I said, let me bring you some, to some openings in Los Angeles. So I took her out to the downtown art walk um, when it first started mm-hmm. and also a few other places over a couple of weekends. And she's like, this is amazing. She's like, <laughs> it's a diversity of people. It's like one big party everywhere, you know? Yeah. People are acknowledging each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know, and I will say there are a few situations and galleries that you can go into in LA where you feel that way. Like I know That's some true. people I've, I've gone into places where I'm like, Oh my God, like nobody's engaging with me. Nobody's talking to me. I feel very out of place here, but I would say that's like, 10% of the time. You're right. Yeah. 90% of the time, LA is a really good art scene. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Most, most of it's really friendly and most of the artists are, are great to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, maybe it's something about the West coast, man, the energy over here, but, it could um, be. but I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Great advice. I wanted to ask you if you had anything that you wanted to talk about. Because we're we're kind of getting to that point of of wrapping up. Is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you want to impart to the audience? I'm going to leave it up to you. Um, just a couple of shows coming up at Brittany Davis's gallery. She's having a show called the Lucky Horseshoe Show. It's kind of an interesting idea. So it's basically um, a number of artists making art on horseshoes, like actual oh, nice. horseshoes. So. I've got three of those that I'm going to have in the show and those are really fun. Oh, that's cool. It was kind of funny. I got, you know, Amazon comes with uh, like this little package. that's really heavy because it's got 10 horseshoes in it. Mm-hmm. And my daughter goes, here's a package for you. And she says, it's really heavy. And I, look and, look <laughs> and, I go, and I look at it and I go, Oh, cool. My horseshoes are here and just walk out of the room. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm not even going to ask. I can just hear her and my wife laughing. <laughs> I had to go out five minutes later and explain it to them. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. I just found your new tagline. It's like you can imagine, you know, Oh my God, did he buy a horse now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tarzana, why not? I true. Hey, there used to be horses here. I'm sure there were. Was this more of a kind of spread out community than this? Yeah. 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 It, it feels like it's been like our place that we moved into has been here since um, I think 79. But it seems like a lot of the buildings that I go around here from that era. But I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of open yeah, space. Most, most of the stuff out here hasn't changed in a long time. Yeah. That's kind of the impression I was under. Yeah. But I, I know when we first went out to like Woodland Hills area and we saw some of the, it was just it became very hip all of a sudden it was yeah, like calabasas and all those places calabascus which my wife likes to call pumpkins um <laughs> because that's what it translates as no there's some cool spots out here so hopefully we're going to make this a little cool well actually i don't want to ruin it but make it a cool little art hub there's a fine line there <laughs> there's a fine there's definitely a fine line well because everybody's moving out here now all the people that said they would never 
live in the valley like us are now out here in the valley, which has its pros and cons, right, Glenn? Exactly. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, so your new tagline for the show, by the way, is, oh, good, my horseshoes are here. <laughs> <laughs> We've come up with a lot of taglines today. <laughs> yes. Some better than others. <laughs> yeah, some Yeah, some better than others for sure. We'll let you decide which ones are better. Yeah, if nothing else, you know. Yeah, right. So you said the the horseshoe show, and then was there another one you were going to plug? And there's another group show that I just entered with her as well. Um, okay. It's going to be happening in about, I think, two weeks or so. It's okay. It's kind of a Valentine's Day type of show. Nice. So that'll be a lot of fun. Are they going to be, I know things are opening up now a little bit. Are they going to be in person? Or are they going to be over Zoom? Can people I'm find not- them? I'm not sure yet. I I mean, if it's in person, it would need to be limited. Yeah. You know, the number of people that can go in. And I mean, who knows? It, like we were talking earlier, it's just so crazy right now. I know. Well, then that's going to be a perfect segue to my last question. What is the first thing you want to do in a post-virus world? Go to museums. Nice. Absolutely. I love it. I mean, I've just been dying to go to like LACMA or MOCA or Getty or any of those places, Palm Springs. Uh, and for me, it's that and movies. I, I, I'm just a big movie theater guy. So uh, I, I grew up in the movie theaters. I just I would love to see a movie on the big screen again. I can understand that. For sure. Well, hey, man, it's been great talking to you. Um, let's plug one more time where people can find you. I got your Instagram open here, so I'll say that one. We got... Glenn Wagner, two N's, two G's, underscore art on Instagram. And then your website is what again? Is glennwagnerartist.com. Perfect. It's been great chatting with you. We've always talked, but I think this is the longest conversation we've had. So it was nice getting to know you a little bit more, man. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you very much for having me on. Of course. And uh, let's have a conversation in person one of these days. Absolutely. Now that we're like a mile apart. (laughs) Exactly. We, uh, oh my God, it would be ridiculous if we didn't. Yeah, let's just meet up for coffee. I'll reach out to you when things get a little bit safer. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Well, have a great rest of your day. All right, Preston. Thanks again. You bet. Bye. Bye. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful. So thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.